from the Tulsa world. This is the OSU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Dean Rule and Jawan Lee. Season 3, episode 34 of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. Jawan Lee, joined by my co-host, Dean Rule, and we have another weekend of Oklahoma State football after a pretty dramatic win in their regular season finale against BYU. Dean, First, how are you doing, and what did you think about that double overtime victory from OSU? I'm I'm doing pretty good, Juwan. It looks like the uh, the fans are going to get a free week of Oklahoma State football, uh, not initially on the schedule. Um, so that, that that's good for them. It's exciting for me, I guess. You get another football game <laughs> out of it. Uh, marginally kind of was sitting there Saturday night saying, man, I got to find something to do next weekend. Um, But like you said, it was thrilling. It was dramatic. They made a comeback. They got the win. So uh, my weekend plans are now booked up. So Dean, I'm I'm sitting there. Of course, you know, OSU goes up 6-0. The next thing you know, they're down 18 points. Um, And to come back, they were, they were needing to make history. I mean, for, for them to come back during this game, it was the largest comeback in a home game, third largest ever for OSU. First of all, how did Oklahoma State find themselves in a 24-6 first half hole? Yeah, so, Juwan, I think the biggest – I thought it in the press box Saturday night when uh, or Saturday afternoon um, when they marched down the field, they kind of held up have to kick the field goal. That's fine. Not the worst thing in, a, in an opening possession. But then BYU fumbles. OSU puts the ball inside the, I think it was six yards, six yards out, five yards out, first and goal from the five-yard line, and they can't get the ball in the end zone. Uh, they settle for another field goal, puts them at 6-0. I said, that could be a problem simply because, like, that could be something you look back on if they do end up losing this game. Uh, you could have went been up 14 to zero and said you're up six to zero and you know sure enough BYU marches down they get a touchdown pour on some more points and, and it's a 24 to six hole um at halftime right and you know that easily could have even if BYU does what they do um you know and, and they still put up 24 points that could have been 24 to 14 all of a sudden instead of 24 to six um but hey, they showed some resiliency, Juwan. They they bounce back, they get back into it. Um, you know, I thought in that third quarter they cut it to twenty-four to thirteen, and it's and they the third quarter just like kind of blew by. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I said, the, the way this, the the speed that this game, the elements that that played a factor in it. Uh, I, I kind of said, you know, in my head, I, I just was like, if BYU scores again, that might actually be it, right? Like, you're just going to run out of time. OSU clearly had the momentum, but I thought you were going to run out of time at the at the speed that that game was being played. So I think, A, it's major props to OSU's defense, who I think at one point forced six straight punts um, from the BYU offense. OSU's offense gets going late. And then, well, actually, Juwan, the other thing that I thought was going to kill them, because it always kills teams in, in games, is when you miss the, they get the PAT gets blocked with 53 <laughs> seconds left. I said, oh, boy. 
BYU might win this just because <laughs> of that. Uh, they send it to overtime, but OSU comes up big, and uh, yeah, they're going to a Big 12 conference championship game that even probably six weeks ago, Juwan, I would have called you crazy if they said they were going to make it, if you told me they were going to make it. So after OSU goes up 6-0, BYU goes touchdown, 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 field goal, 24-6 to lead at halftime. What can you pencil to or credit towards OSU's comeback in that second half and eventually overtime? I think it. I do think it's the defense one, um, because BYU could not move the ball at all in the second half. So I think the defense tightening up w- was huge. And you know, we talked about uh, we talked about it last week. BYU, you know, was a little kind of offensively challenged in the past couple weeks of of Big Twelve play, and um, you know, they had the quarterback kind of competition going on they went with the younger guy it, it, i think it, there were a lot of question marks about what that would look like and as good as it looked in the first half um or a, as uh, maybe man they, they managed the game correctly on offense in the first half with with what they had they couldn't do that in the second half and, and that allowed osu's defense to and OSU's defense has been a second-half team this year. Uh, so to be able to do that, that pretty much they just kept force-feeding the ball back to the offense. And it finally got going. Ollie Gordon got going. Um, and, and I think that that that's really what was the key. On top of that, you know, OSU has some, some lengthy wide receivers. BYU has some smaller corners and safeties. Uh, that was another area that I think they were finally able to overpower uh, in the second half offensively that that really got drives going for, for OSU. It's funny because last week you used the word resilient to, to describe this OSU team, and I think this game perfectly encapsulated what a resilient team is. I mean, with everything on the line, um, biggest home comeback, put up 40 points, that just perfectly encapsulated a resilient team. But you also wrote something afterwards about OSU being the only Big 12 school with two Big 12 championships um, appearances in the past three years. Just kind of talk to me about what do you think that means for this program and kind of Mike Gundy's view, like how people view Mike Gundy at the end of this year heading into this weekend. Right. You know, this OSU team, the the turnaround has been super impressive with the on-field product, but um, you know, I think what this does, it does, I think, a lot of what when OSU made the conference championship game back in 2021, it was, I think, a little bit of like planting a stake. Like the big at that point, everybody knew the Big 12 conference was going to be changing. Um, OU and Texas were leaving. The four new schools would have been like it was announced that those four schools were coming in like a couple i think it was in september so like you know point being everybody at that point knew the big 12 was changing and you've got this osu team that goes 12 and 2 it kind of i think plants their stake like hey we're here for football um we're going to be a force in football so i think that's what 2021 did right Mm -hmm. and then the performance in 2022 i don't want to say washed it all away but 
kind of invalidated, I think, a little bit just because it made 2021 just look like uh, uh, not a lucky season, but just kind of a one-off, more of an outlier, I think. Um, so to be able to bounce back from that, you're nine and three, you know, which is this, they've already hit the second most wins in a single season in the past six years. This OSU team has this year. So, uh, you know, there's still two games to go. They're playing with house money, Juwan. Like, this, like, let's be real. This team probably really shouldn't be in the Big 12 conversation. <laughs> like, they, they won the games. Yes, on paper, they did what they had to do. There's no way you can take it away from them. But I think you'd be hard-pressed to convince me this is the second-best team in the conference, right? Mm-hmm, Point, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, they won what they needed to win, so they deserve to be there. Um, but you're going up against, you, you, you know, OSU's going into to this conference championship as the underdog. They were not that in 2021. Wherever they go for a bowl game. Uh, so you got two games left. You can maybe be 11-3 and three by the end of the season, which is insane after the way this year started. Um but I think it just kind of reaffirms what what going two in the past three years does. I think it just really reaffirms, like, especially this year, because OU and Texas leave the conference in uh, six months. Six months from now, they're out of the, the Big 12. So I think this just really reaffirms, like, yeah, you know, they ha- OSU has some staying power. They are a, a top kind of contender in the new big 12. Um, so yeah, I, I think this really is, is super important just for what it does moving forward. Because when you look at the list, Juwan, and I've written it a couple of times, I've probably beaten this stat a little bit to death in the past couple of days. But when you look at across power five football, the list of teams who have made a conference championship game more than once in the past four years is super small. It's eight teams mm. and it is dotted with, Blue Bloods, you know, I think it's Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, Iowa, Michigan, Oregon, USC, Utah, and now OSU. I think that was, I think I got all eight of them right there. Well, OSU would be the the ninth. That's super impressive, Juan. Like, you, you know, you're, you're putting OSU, put them up there with, with the blue, not, OSU is not a blue blood, but they're on level with their performance of blue blood program. So, so that's pretty impressive. Um, so yeah, to make it back, and especially this year, I think you're just going in, just let it fly, have fun, see what happens. If you come out with a win, that's great because I think from from here on out, in this this game on Saturday and wherever they go to a bowl game, I think it's just gravy on top of a season that you finish nine and three in a year where you might not have had the most supremely talented team out there. Dean, I would love to get your opinion on this because I'm sitting in the office watching the game with with Philip, and he told me for OSU to lose that game would have been a terrible outcome for this conference because in that in the Big Twelve Championship, you might have had Texas and OU, two teams that are leaving this program. Then you go into next year with just everybody just kind of freelance throughout because you have the two teams that represented your conference gone now. So, and I know Mike Gundy kind of touched on it a little bit that this is not going to be dubbed for him as an SEC versus Big 12 championship game. But I would like to know your comments on how important was it for OSU to make this game just for this program as a whole? And are you looking at this as a SEC versus Big 12 type of game? 
Yeah, like I understand why Mike Gundy said it's not Big Twelve versus SEC. You know, like you have you can't you you probably don't want to admit that, right? That just right. adds another layer on of distraction. But let's be real, Juwan. This is Big Twelve versus <laughs> SEC. This is what it is. In the Big Twelve offices, uh, they're talking about this. They probably all are wanting OSU to pull through. Um, this is heroes versus villains. This is as <laughs> as just like clear cut as you can make it right the big 12 if if osu can win and you know kind of kick i think the nightmare scenario the whole season was uh you're gonna get texas ou in the big right that is that was kind of the writing on the wall i think the whole time was you're gonna get those two teams in there and the big 12 is really you know like you're losing your two cornerstones there's no other way to cut it you are here's a chance for you to kind of establish another corner or like a a new cornerstone and i think the way that if you look at the big 12 the way it's built there is no huge brand like byu is a national brand but it's not a national brand like texas or ou Mm -hmm. um so you're like you're losing that that's super hard to replace but what I think the Big 12, the way they've constructed the conference moving forward is just a bunch of teams that are competitive, uh, you know, regularly good. I think there's a clear emphasis on basketball, and we can get into that uh, once basketball season really gets going, Juwan. But point mm-hmm. being, no, this is Big 12 versus SEC. The Big 12 offices probably want one of these teams to win really bad because <laughs> to say, you know, Oklahoma State's your conference champion and they beat the – the the team that that's going out that that's you know left you at the altar a little bit uh, <laughs> that's probably what they want neither coach is going to say that this week that makes sense i did not expect anything else um but there and even if it's just from a fan perspective the fans definitely see this as a big 12 versus sec uh type of game Also, an interesting little tidbit that I saw in, in Mike Gundy's presser was the fact that it was a report that Texas had recruited or attempted to recruit Ollie Gordon late. Kind of touch on that a little bit and what Mike Gundy's comments on that was. Yeah, uh, you know, Texas is Texas. Ollie Gordon is from Texas. Um, uh, so he was kind of asked about, like, there. there's always kind of the story of a couple guys on OSU's roster who – picked OSU over Texas and uh obviously the hot name right now is Ollie Gordon because of what he's doing on the field and uh Texas made a late push for him back in 2021 uh, back in the yeah 2021 recruiting cycle um you know and Mike Gunny pretty much said it was you know 12 hours before signing day I guess the the Texas running back that they were the running back Texas was recruiting signed somewhere else they tried to get in late I think it was more like I, I should have looked back on this uh, yesterday. I think it was like a week or two before. I don't think it was exactly 12 hours before signing day. I think it was like a <laughs> week or two before Texas kind of got back in the mix. But Ali Gordon signed with OSU, um, obviously. And uh, so that's kind of that story. Uh, you know, Texas is once again one of those traditional blue blood programs that, you know, was able to recruit the five stars, the four stars. They're kind of a their logo 
and brand is able to get in late, maybe flip some recruits around when, when you're recruiting against somebody like a OSU or a K state or, um, you know, that maybe doesn't have that staying power that Texas does. So yeah, you'll hear those stories every once in a while of, you know, guys who had the Texas offer decided to go somewhere else. Uh, that's kind of the story behind that. Got you. Got you. So moving on just to get back into the BYU game a little bit more, um, the D OSU's defense came up with stops when they when they needed to um in overtime. I mean, pretty dramatic way to end for them to get a strip fumble at the end. Uh, did you get a chance to talk to any of the defensive players and Brian Otto, kind of like how they performed out there Saturday and what did they think about total outcome of that game? Yeah, John, I think this is I think UCF, I would call OSU's worst defensive performance. And I guess maybe I could be convinced otherwise. But I would probably say BYU is their best defensive performance of the year. Hmm. You know, they, I mean, I'm thinking through, like, none of the law, all the losses were terrible performances. <laughs> and, you know, OU, I guess, uh, um, yeah, maybe I'd lean more what they did against OU and can. I don't know. It's You got close. the Cincinnati like, game there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess that's up for more debate. But but okay, it was a really good defensive performance they had on Saturday, right? And it was, you know, getting those three and outs, getting those punts. That's what kind of started it. I thought BYU made some really, you know, BYU was. We talked about it uh, last week, Juan. They were equally fighting for a win because you know a win got OSU in the conference championship game. BYU needed a win because they wanted to be bowl eligible. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I think they, they had some really gutsy play calls, right? You know, they, they dialed up a fake punt. Uh, they, the first quarter onside kick, Juwan, that I am still, I'm still convinced they got it, right? Like, I saw the angle. <laughs> I understand the call. To me, it was like an inch or two difference. Um, and I always side with you got to go with what you call in the field, right? But I guess – right. The officials obviously disagreed because they overturned it. I thought they got it, but point being, um, they, they they call some gutsy play calls, right? And you know they, you know they die. oh, there's the the fifty yard beautiful pass down the middle of the field uh, before halftime. Like they they clearly went for it, right? Like they tested OSU's defense, high risk, high reward plays, and they hit on some of those. Um. But I think OSU's defense, once again, it reminds me a little bit of Jim Knowles in that in 2021, those Jim Knowles defenses, you know, they they might let up 14, 17 points in the first half, but you were not scoring on them out of the half. Like they could adjust like their life depended on it. And I forget how many shutouts they had, second half shutouts they had, but it was like it was the reason that OSU's defense was what it was was because of what they could do at halftime. And I see a little bit of it um, with this group. It's not as polished of a product, but OSU's defense puts up a second half shutout until, you know, the last four seconds BYU is able to get the, get the field goal to send it to overtime. But yeah, I mean, the way that defense performed, Juan, I think is one of their better performances of the of the season. Um, and it, and I think just because they were able to, you know, tighten up, force the turnovers, 
do like just just shut it down. I think this was one of their best just shut it down performances. Um, and I think it's the reason why they were able to claw back in because, like I said, I think an, a, if BYU had scored a touchdown in the second half, I don't think OSU has enough time to come back. But BYU didn't score any points until four seconds left, and, and I think it was a huge reason behind um, that them being able to win that game. All right, Dean. Um, any other comments you want to add about that game before we hit some quick updates about some of the other programs? I don't think so, Juwan. Uh, we'll, we'll obviously hit on Texas, go over everything you need to know there on Thursday, but I think we're good to leave it there. All right, Dean. Um, give us, you know, as I just kind of rounded into, give us some quick updates about what's going on around the other OSU programs before we get out of here for the day. Yeah, Juwan. I mean, the big thing this week uh, um, men's basketball. They're they're hosting Creighton. Dropped to number fifteenth in the country in the latest AP Top Twenty Five poll. Uh, but they were a top ten preseason top ten team. They they lost their first game this past weekend and and dropped down to fifteenth. But this is going to be that first true test for this men's basketball team who they're coming off two blowout wins. They're back up to five hundred. It, it sounds like. According to Mike Boynton today, it sounds like they're going to be able to get um, Bryce Thompson back f- for this Creighton game, which I think gives them a chance, John, right? Like it's early season. I think you're still trying to figure out what you know. You're playing a great, you know, an elite team that um, I'm trying to think how they did it. The, the Creighton made the Elite Eight. I think it was like a last second shot that didn't count that held them out for making the Final Four last year. But Regardless, uh, you know, you know, you're you're playing a top level team. Sounds like you're going to be fully healthy. It's going to be a good test for them. And also, Juwan, it might be what they need to get that. They need that signature win, right, to kind of wipe the slate clean. Like you start one and three. You do what you're supposed to do against New Orleans and Houston Christian. Now you're playing this this elite level team. Is that going to be? It, depending on what happens Thursday, uh, I think this could really be maybe a maybe a little bit of a, a you know light bulb moment to getting this team fixed, not fixed, but but trending, but b- being one of those tournament caliber teams again that they were kind of a, at, at the start of the season. I think a lot of people predicted them to be in there, but uh, they, they've since fallen out. This could get them back in there. All right, well, we'll be back again Thursday with our pregame podcast for the Big 12 Championship, OSU versus Texas. A lot of great things to talk about then. Um, For Jawan Lee, Dean Rule, this has been another edition of the OSU Sports Extra Podcast. Remember, to download our podcast is free wherever you get that at. Apple, Spotify, Google Play. Dean will make sure he has plenty of content for you guys throughout the week on our on the OSU website, TulsaWorld.com, and we'll see you guys again Thursday. Thanks.